You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Juju signs with New England, Orlando signs with Cincinnati, and Brett Veach sending a message with how the Chiefs will be handling free agency. With Nick Schwer, I'm Kayla Canaram, and it's always game day in Kansas City. For all things KC, for everything Chiefs, it's always game, it's always game day in Kansas City. Now, here's your host, Kayla Canaram and Nick Schwert. Oh, they showed a Utah State cheerleader crying at the end of the game. Nuh-uh. I missed it. Look at what your Missouri Tigers have done to this poor girl who's just trying to live out her dream, Kayla. You should be, you should feel terrible about this. Is that going to be a meme? Maybe I'll repost it. Pretty much anytime somebody cries during an NCAA tournament game, it becomes a meme. Did you see the Northwestern kid is all grown up? Yeah. How about that? Doesn't that make you feel old? My tweet about him went viral. It like, well, I mean, it didn't go viral, but it got a lot of uh, interaction. I said, this kid must be a nightmare to babysit <laughs> as a former nanny. Now he's like all grown up wearing suits, man. And every time they do this kind of stuff, I think they showed the Villanova flute girl a couple of years ago. It always makes me feel old. Which one do you think is the best crying or like distraught fan? College basketball, college football. Always, always basketball. I'm I'm impartial towards the basketball fans during March Madness crying when their team gets eliminated. Because I think Was March it- Madness is that one, you know what? It's that one event where everybody feels like they have a shot and then it's, you know, anything can happen. And then when you get bounced in the first round, it's devastating for these fans. Was the Michigan kid, that was football though, wasn't it? Yes. I can't wait for more to come. You know what? I might cry, actually. I might cry if the Chiefs don't figure something out here this offseason because everybody's leaving. Our pets' heads are falling off. Nick, who is still on this team besides Pat, Travis, and Chris Jones? Riddle me that. I mean, I know there's more, but... Well, let's I'm, just start at the I'm top. Getting a, I'm getting a tad nervous. I'm going to go in order here. Jody Fortson is still on the team. <laughs> okay. Your BFF. Let's not yeah, forget. We're, we're good there. Uh, we got Kadarius Tony, yes. who they're very high on. Yep. We got the great Creed Humphrey. So we're True. fine. Okay. We got a nice, we got a nice core. We got a good nucleus here. But the problem is we need to fill out a roster here. We need to fill out that wide receiver room. Uh, we got a, maybe a hole to fill at offensive tackle, at right tackle. So there's still some things to fix, but I'm getting a little nervous. I'm not gonna lie. You and me both, pal. Um, I'm also very, very, very upset. Juju. Yes. Juju Smith-Schuster signed with New England. He's gone. I'm, I'm sad. Like I I thought for sure they would do anything and everything to keep him in Kansas city. 
He said how much he loved playing in Kansas City. He wanted to come back next year. I know it's all talk. Money talks louder. But what are our thoughts on this? I am bummed. So the first thing that stood out to me was the contract and how small it is. So it says three years for 33, but really um, it's three years for 25 million. And then he can earn up to like seven and a half million in incentives, much like his contract was structured in Kansas city. Mm-hmm. Either way you're talking about, uh, if we just want to go off annual, that's $11 million a year. That's way less than I thought Juju was going to fetch. But we talked about this earlier in the week. You saw Jacoby Myers deal come across when you saw who who else had signed a deal earlier in the week. Alan Lazard with yes. the Jets. <clears throat> Those were both around that $11 million range. And I, and I thought, okay, well, this is clearly what the market is, but Juju might be a little bit ahead of those guys. So if that's there, maybe he can get 13 million. Maybe he can get 14 million. And it's very clear the market for Juju Smith-Schuster was not there. I was surprised that the Chiefs didn't try to beat New England. But then think about this, Kayla. Brett Veach has shown over the last couple of off seasons, he is not willing to reset the market for a player. He didn't do it with Tyreek Hill last year. He didn't do it with Orlando Brown Jr. And it looks like he's not going to do it with Juju Smith-Schuster either. Well, I mean, he's not doing it with Juju. But like, if not knowing exactly how this played out, you look at some of the details that came out. There were reports that the Chiefs made a concrete offer to Juju, but that he had more financial stability by taking the New England offer. And I can't blame him for that. But it's a little startling just to see that that was what it took to pry him away from Kansas City. It wasn't a massive deal, but it was enough to make Brett Veach say, you know what? We're not matching it. We're going to give you what we think you're worth. We're not going to give you a deal just because that's what the market says you're going to get this offseason. They clearly draw a line in the sand with how they're willing to negotiate with certain players and on one hand, I respect it. On the other hand, I'm a little feel fearful because I don't know what you do from here. I'm sure they've got a, a trick up their sleeve. They've got something planned here, but I, I'm just curious to see what that's going to be. I I know I'm not a player, so I can't really tell you what this would be like, but there's just no going from Patrick Mahomes to Mac Jones. Are you kidding me? Like, for the love of the game right here, I would much rather stay in KC for less money, play with the best team in the NFL, than make more money and go lose games. Like, hard pass. So, yeah, I mean, it's basically going to be a two-year deal. That's how most of these contracts are structured with the guaranteed money up front. He'll be available to sign a new deal in two years. I wonder this part, too. Like, how big was the gap between what the Patriots offered him and what the Chiefs were willing to give him? Right. Because if it's one thing to say you would you would rather take less money, but we don't know how much less, you know? A big enough gap to choose to play with Mac over Pat. Yeah, but, mm-hmm. but what but what is that gap? You know, if it's if it's a if it's we're not we're probably not talking like a million or two million dollars here. Right? We're and if you and if you told me that, like we can look at the grant, the big number across the totality of the deal. But Juju's also looking at this on a year by year basis. This is a guy who has knee concerns. This is a guy who's got, what, four concussions in his career. And if he's saying, I'm going to make $2 million more million next year by going to New England, 
Like it's it's tough to say, well, no, take take less money because this is the first big payday of his career, right? He's this is a guy who has taken less money multiple times in his career. He took less money to stay the extra year in Pittsburgh. He took less money to come to Kansas City this past year. He's probably saying to himself, no, I've done that, right? I, I've took less money for two straight years. This is the first big payday of my career. And with his injury history, you have to seriously consider if this is going to be the last big payday of your career. Two follow-up questions that are somewhat related. Um, we heard reports that Pat is fielding text from other wide receivers who want to come play. Who do we think they are? Well, the two big names that are out there are DeAndre Hopkins and Odell Beckham Jr. Okay. Odell, Odell apparently wants $15 million a year. I'm not pleased with his character after that airplane video, but continue. Well, the market for him right now is just so up in the air because he hasn't he didn't play last year. The year before that, he was traded halfway through the season. He was really solid with the Rams, but he only played about half a year and the numbers weren't great. He was good in the Super Bowl. Then he got injured. So I don't really know what the market is for a guy who hasn't played football in a year and hasn't been at the top of his game for like three years, for four years. So who's paying him $15 million when we're clearly seeing what the market is for wide receivers right now, it's around that $11 million range mm -hmm. and none of these dudes are stars. And I don't, and that's the biggest issue is can, can, can a team convince Odell Beckham jr. You're not a star. Hey, we want you, but we're not going to pay you as much as you think you're worth. That happens a lot of times. Like that's what, and we're going to get into Orlando Brown jr. But that's what happens is guys will sit there and say, I'm a star. I want to be paid like a star. I'm better than everybody else in this class. And it's up to the teams to determine whether or not that's true. Because you can believe whatever you think and you can hold out and play hardball. But if no team is willing to match you on your demands, then eventually you're going to be in for a rude awakening. I don't think the Chiefs are paying Odell Beckham Jr. $15 million. Maybe somebody will, but that's a pretty risky deal for a guy who hasn't played much football lately. DeAndre Hopkins is the interesting one to me. If you told me that he could be had for a round three pick, that you could get a guy with three-time All-Pro, and yes, he missed time last year. He was suspended at the beginning of the year for PED use, and it, they kind of shut him down at the end of the season. But when he came back from suspension, he was immediately, once again, one of the top 10 receivers in football. I don't really like this notion that oh, this guy's over the hill and that he's he's not one of the the game's elite receivers. I still think he has that in him. Agree. Yeah, the question becomes, okay, how much are you willing to give up to get him? And then on top of that, does he want a new contract or would he be willing to play out the final two years on his current deal? Because if he's willing to play out his contract, making about $19 million a year, you can stomach that for two years. If he's like, no, I want to get traded and I want to rework my deal and I want a big pay raise, I would imagine once again, the Chiefs would be out on him. But if it's not those two guys, I don't know who else is out there to go and get, Kayla. Does that make you nervous? I mean, a little bit. I'm not nervous for the team. Like, I think they'll find a way to make it work no matter who they have at receiver next year. 
but I'm just nervous at the idea of striking out this offseason. I'm nervous at the idea of sort of having a plan A, having a plan B, and not being able to get either of them done. Like, they're going to add someone. I would imagine in the next day or two, we're going to get news of a Chiefs signing at wide receiver. It may not be a big, splashy name. It could be Darius Slayton from New York. Uh, it could be Nelson Aguilar, right? It might be a name that you're not super Ew. excited about. <laughs> They're going to add names via free agency, and they're probably going to spend one of their top two picks on a wide receiver in the draft. But I think I think what you're saying and what I'm saying and what a lot of Chiefs fans are saying is it would be nice to have a recognizable name to bring a just a just a smidge of stability to that receiver room. Maybe it's a guy like Adam Thielen, right? A veteran receiver who can just kind of come in get you up 50 catches for 600 yards and five touchdowns. I would take that in a heartbeat. It I doesn't need to, it doesn't need to be a pro bowl receiver because we just saw last year, the best example we're ever going to get. You don't need a bunch of stars at receiver. You got Kelsey, let everybody else sort of get in where they fit in. And that's probably going to be good enough to once again, be one of, if not the league's best offenses. Aside from the obvious last off season, um, were there this many moving pieces last year outside of Tyreek? I feel like a lot's happening with this team so far. Well, you had less. Yeah, I mean. Less you, moves. Yeah, we didn't know exactly what was going to happen with Orlando Brown Jr. We didn't know what was going to happen with Frank Clark. I mean, we thought Frank Clark was, was going to be gone after 2021. There were less. There were less moves, but really... We're only looking at two players, Juju and Orlando, which we knew before the season were your two biggest free agents. And I think the idea was that you're going to resign one of them. You'll maybe use the franchise tag on Orlando Brown Jr. again while you try to extend Juju. Then once we realized the Chiefs weren't going to use the tag on Orlando, it's like, okay, well, now you're definitely extending Juju. And that didn't happen either. So it's kind of this weird feeling of, oh, you didn't get either of them. We assumed you would get one, but it's just, I, I think, again, it speaks to the philosophy of this front office. We are not going to overpay. I don't care. This is kind of, I think this is what they're, they're maybe signaling to their fan base. I don't care how valuable you think this guy is. I don't care how much you think we need to have a left tackle or we need to have a wide receiver. We're not overpaying. Like just if there's one thing you need to learn about us, we're not overpaying just because you think we're desperate. We're never going to make a desperation move because while that may plug a hole right now, eventually if you overpay someone at the tail end of that deal, right? Like we just saw with Frank Clark, you give these guys massive deals. You're always paying for it at the end. And if you overpay and you don't get production, that's how you wind up paying $27 million to a defensive end who gets four and a half sacks in a season. Like That's the issue that you run into. And the Chiefs, I think, are looking at that and saying, we're not doing that anymore. We're not going to pay Orlando Brown Jr. $20 million a year just for him to be the 13th best left tackle in football three years from now. Same can be said for Juju. We're not going to pay him $11 million a year if two years from now, He's our third, because I think that's the other part of this, Kayla. I do believe Veach when they say, or when, you know, Lewis Riddick was saying this during the Raiders game, 
or when James Palmer was tweeting this out last week that they think Kadarius Tony is going to be the number one next year with or without Juju. Mm-hmm. So let's just imagine, we already know that. Let's just imagine they think that Sky Moore is going to take a big step next year. They, we clearly know they don't value Juju all that much. They weren't willing to pay him $11 million a year. So let's just think about this hypothetical. They, they're high on Kadarius. They think Juju takes a big step. Two years from now, you're paying Juju Smith-Schuster $11 million to potentially be the number three wide receiver on the team. Right? I think that's what they're thinking. Why would we pay a backup, a guy who will eventually be a backup for us, why would we pay him starter money? It just doesn't make any sense. So it, I think it speaks to the guys that they like, but it also speaks to a philosophy of, I don't want to get hand out any more deals that two years down the line look like they were really bad investments because all of a sudden those guys have gotten passed on the depth chart. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All great points. And MVS, he's in there too. Yeah. But this is basically the last the last year on his deal as well. Okay. Um, well, yes, as we've kind of already alluded to. Also, Orlando Brown Jr. goes to enemy number one. I am really upset about this. Signs with the Bengals. Ah, oh, I hate this, Nick. Which part of it do you hate? All of it. <laughs> um I mean, I think mostly that he went to the Bengals. If it was any other team, I'd be like, that's sad. But now I'm like, crap. I don't Yeah, know I don't that. really care. I don't really care. Um, I didn't want Orlando Brown Jr. back in Kansas City to be completely Really? Honest. Okay. No. no, I mean, I think I made it pretty clear. I, I would have been okay with him on a franchise tag, but I didn't. I, I thought, I think I said, I don't know if I said it on this show. I may have said it on our AM show. I said that extending Orlando Brown Jr. long-term would be the the worst deal that Brett Veach would ever hand out. But he didn't hand it out. So that's great news. Right? <laughs> that's that's kind of was my point was, if you hand it out, you'll, you'll regret it. You will regret giving this guy a long-term contract for all the reasons that we just laid out. You don't give the 12th best left tackle a contract that makes him the second highest paid left tackle. It doesn't make any sense. And the only argument the entire time for doing it was, well, you you know, you gave I mean, you got a you got a half a billion dollar quarterback. You got to protect him. You do have to protect him. But that doesn't mean you have to overpay on a guy who's an average player at his position. Like there are other options out there. And so the Chiefs went out and signed Jawan Taylor, and you start to say, well, okay, but he might be worse than Orlando Brown Jr. That's not the point. I can go and buy a Lamborghini for $300,000. I can go and buy a Honda Civic for $30,000. They're both cars, right? They're both going to get me from point A to point B. And just because the Lamborghini is nicer 
doesn't mean it's a wise financial decision for me. Because if that puppy ever breaks down, guess what? It's real expensive to fix. You sound you like my parents. Well, you just, it's like, <laughs> it's kind of bothered me the arguments that I've heard for why the Chiefs needed to get him. There is option. There are options other than trying to have the best of something. It, we, it would be great if the Chiefs had the best left tackle in football. It would be fantastic. It's okay to just have an okay offensive line. No team is going to be the best in every area. This you is know, true. you're not going to be the best. Like the Chiefs just won the Super Bowl last year. They didn't have the best offensive line in football. They didn't have the best receiving core in football. They didn't have the best uh, cornerbacks in football. They didn't have the best linebacker. You do, that's never this should never be the goal. Find the areas that you value and invest in those and just try to be good enough everywhere else. You know, try to find players that you think the market is undervaluing. Try to find guys that you think are up and comers that you can pay a friendly deal now that two years from now they're going to break out and all of a sudden you got a bargain on a guy who's having a career year. You don't build championship rosters by paying a guy at his maximum value. Like, Orlando Brown Jr. is never going to be worth more than he is right now. They just won a Super Bowl. He did his job. He played good in the playoffs. He is going to capitalize on that payday. And then you look at the contract that was handed out, and honestly, he cost himself a little bit of money, Kayla. And all, and all, like when you look at the reported offer from the Chiefs last year, it was a, a six-year, $139 million deal. But the reason why he turned that down was because it wasn't uh, enough guaranteed money. It was $38 million fully guaranteed. Well, he's getting about that same much. I'll, everybody looks at the average per year, like how much money are you making each year? It's not really how it works. We've talked about it a million times. Teams load these deals with funny money a bunch of back-end money that you're never going to get, that they can mm -hmm. cut you and save. Like, we see it all the freaking time. He cost himself a little bit of money, but he was betting on himself. And I don't really blame him for doing that. That's the game. You know, you want to maximize your value. You want to go out and see what you're worth. And the league kind of hit him with a, a rude awakening, which is, yeah, um, we're kind of on board with what the Chiefs are saying. We don't want to pay you either. So he went out and got a contract that is reflective of a right tackle, which is what the league views him. That's what Adam Schefter said on NFL Live two days ago. He said, the rest of the league doesn't think he's a left tackle. The contract that he just got reflects that. So, in conclusion, like the I, I think the Chiefs kind of dodged a bullet with this. I'm glad that Orlando Brown Jr. decided to play hardball because knowing what the rest of the league thinks of him, in hindsight, the Chiefs would have overpaid had he accepted that contract from last summer. Thank you for putting that in perspective, Nick. It just scares me that the Bengals wanted him bad enough to protect Burrow. Well, the Bengals have an issue because the Bengals, I mean, Joe Burrow gets, yeah, he gets blocked. Day. Yes. I mean, he's been amongst the league leaders in sacks for two straight years. And if I'm a franchise that's trying to like build something, you need to start protecting him. He gets hit way more than Patrick Mahomes does. And the Chiefs, and I I talked to a guy, uh, Steve Palazzolo, who is an analyst for Pro Football Focus a couple of years ago. And he 
said something that's kind of stuck with me about offensive line play. And this is when the Chiefs had just lost to the Bucks. So the offensive line was terrible. And we were trying to figure out what's going on. How do you how do you fix this? And what he said was, you would always rather have just you would rather have a, a really solid offensive line one through five than like having a star at each tackle spot and then being terrible in the middle. You don't need to chase stars on the offensive line. It's more important to just be really steady across the line, to not have any weak lengths. It's right. Like it's mm -hmm. corny, but it's like a chain. You don't need to have the strongest chain. You just need to have no weak links across the line. When you start overpaying for guys, that's where you have to cut costs elsewhere, right? Maybe you overpay for left tackle. So now we've got to try out this third round rookie at right tackle. We get halfway through the season. Turns out he sucks, but we don't have money to go out and do anything about it. The Chiefs, I feel like, are, are taking that to heart. The, the middle of that line with Joe Tooney and Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith is really, really solid. They love this new cat, Juwan Taylor, out of Jacksonville. They're going to move him over to left tackle. They're not overpaying. As it currently stands, they just have four really good offensive linemen. If they can find an answer at the right tackle spot, I think you're going to feel really, really good about the next couple of years of this offensive line in KC. Okay, I'm trusting you. You better be right. Firing you up. I'm trying at least. <laughs> um, side note, do we think that the players get as bummed about these moves as the fans do? Or do they care no. at all? I don't They're think not they emotionally tied to their teams like we are? Nope. Nope, they get it. You know, a lot of these really? players, well, I think a lot of these players have been on the other side of it. You know? Unless it's Patrick Mahomes or Travis Kelsey or Chris Jones, pretty much everybody on this roster is either, uh, you know, new in the league or they came here from somewhere else. So, like, they all understand it. there's a business side of this and you're bound to get split up from teams. Every single year, guys come, guys go. Just part of the game. Do you think there's any animosity between players when... No, no I really like don't. Like, they're not, they're really not don't. texting each other things? I really don't think so. I think they all, I, I think they all get it. Okay. Man. I cannot do it. <laughs> all right, Nick. Well, lost in all of this. I don't know this name. The Chiefs signed defensive end Charles on Tuesday. Charles Amenahue. Thank you. Amenahue. Yeah. Charles Amenahue, who's just coming off a career year for the San Francisco 49ers. This guy's kind okay. of freaky. He is tall. He is long. He is rangy. And, you know, four and a half sacks aren't going to jump off the page at you. But this is another example of the Chiefs buying low. What it really tells me more than anything else, as they bolster their defensive line, it tells me two things. First off, Steve Spagnuolo loves guys who can play multiple spots. He wants to put you on the outside. He may move you inside, put you next to Chris Jones. That's exactly what this guy, Charles Amenehu, can do. What it tells you when you look at the big picture here you signed Juwan Taylor early in the week. Two days later, you signed Charles Amenahue. What both of these guys have in common, Kayla, they're 26 years old. So by the time this contract ends, they're going to be 29. You know who else is 29 at the end of their deal? Frank Clark. You know who else was 29 at the end of their deal? Tyreek Hill. You know okay. who else is 29 right now looking for a new contract? Chris Jones. Now, Chris Jones, I think, is going to be the outlier here. He's going to be the one guy nearing 30, who the Chiefs do give a new deal to just because he's that freaking good. But this is the Chiefs motto. 
get younger, buy a guy on his way up, and then by the time his deal ends, he's 29, and we'll let somebody else pay him once he's no longer in his prime. I mean, it's it's sort of a weird side of things where they're just like, no, we want we want you for this very specific window of time when we can get the absolute best football you're ever going to play. And then once your market value is sky high, we'll let somebody else give you a deal that's paying you, you know, way too much by the time you're 31, 32 years old. I don't know if he, I mean, I don't know how long, like how, uh, what history will, will look back on these two dudes and these two contracts, but it's very clear that the Chiefs are always looking to get younger and looking to get kind of lighter on their feet. And I, and I can't hate it. And they kind of have a way of turning them into a star. Mm-hmm. letting them shine. They have a knack for this. And especially someone coming off one of the best defenses last season. I love this move. Yeah. And, and you know, what is always great. If you, if you're ever seeing you know, trying to read about a signing and trying to figure out, is this guy any good? Is he going to fit? You know, why did that other team not want to read? Whenever, whenever they announce a signing like this, go and read the comments from fans of the team that they were on. Because yep. when you went back and read the the Jacksonville fans talking about Juwan Taylor, or you read from stuff that Niners fans were saying about Amenhu, they were just like, "Man, like this guy was just about he was just about to break out for us. I really wanted us to bring him back. I think he was, you know, just about to have a breakout season." That Enter Brett Veach. <laughs> yeah, that tells you everything you need to know. Is like, hey, you may have been a project coming out of college because that's what a lot of these later round guys are. I think a many who was like a fifth round pick. You know, a lot of these guys, the reason why they they fall in the draft, it's because okay, you have some raw talents, but you're not quite like a finished product yet. And when you're playing at a very physical position in a very physical game, that can take three, four years before you really get your feet under you and feel comfortable competing at that level. And right when that's happening, boom, your contract's up, and now everybody else gets a piece at you. You go and look at the stats, and they're not going to paint this really exciting picture. But that's why these guys are great at what they do, is they look beyond the stats, and they're going and looking at how that team used you, how often were they using you, how similar is their scheme to the one that we're running here, what are those physical tools, what is the best version of yourself, how can we get the best out of you. It's a lot of projections. And whenever a team invests in a guy, it's like, okay, that, that tells you like, however much money they're giving you, that tells you how much they value you. I like this deal a lot. It's, it's not a a super splashy signing, but I I feel like it's a a very shrewd move. Okay. Before we go today, one more question for you, putting you on the spot at the Mm -hmm. beginning of the off season, we talked about biggest needs, what should be priority number one, all these things. Based on what's happened so far, what is your assessment? What grade would you give the Chiefs thus far? Um, I'm gonna give them a I'm gonna give them a B. Okay. I really like the Juwan Taylor move. And it sounds like they played everything correctly with Orlando Brown Jr. They kind of called his bluff and they won. I'm a little nervous about the wide receiver position. I'm a little nervous about edge rushers still. I think some of those issues will be taken care of in the draft. And some of those issues are just going to get taken care of with like roster moves here over the next couple of days when, you know, signing sort of rotational DNs or a rotational wide receiver. 
I'm looking for a starter at both of those spots still. Like, I, I do think a is going to get a chance to compete for a starting job for this Chiefs defense, but I think they need another body in there to compete opposite George Karloftis. Wide receiver's the wide receiver and right tackle, though. Right. Okay. We don't know the right. Is it, is it going to be Lucas Niang, who hardly played it all last year? Is Darian Kennard ready to compete? A guy you drafted in the fifth round? Wide receiver, though, I mean, the, the, you're running out of options here. You're running out of options unless you've got a trick up your sleeve. So I think B is a fair grade. I don't think they're, you know, blowing anybody away, but they've done a really good job. They haven't overspent on anyone, but I still think you need help in a couple spots. Quick follow-up, as, as it pertains to wide receiver, do you think, would you bet on splashy move or less lesser known wide receiver that they'll try to turn into a star? I can't decide. I, I think lesser known. I, I okay. don't see this. I would love DeAndre Hopkins. I just... I just don't see it. I, do, I don't. I don't. I don't know how much the Chiefs would be willing to give up to go and get him. And if he does want a contract, which like everybody wants a new contract, so uh, if that's the case, I don't think the Chiefs are going to be handy. We we've seen they're not willing to overpay on guys. So if he wants a new deal, it's over. All right, Nick. A question I've had this entire podcast: What is up with the stash? This is new, right? Is this for March Madness? March much mustache madness. That's right. Oh, is that a thing? I don't know. It's a thing now. I'm good. I'll shave it when uh, I'll shave it whenever KU loses. So Sunday or Saturday? Mm, no. Well, no. <laughs> uh, when's the national championship game? April. 3rd. <laughs> so yeah, maybe April fourth, the morning of. I might be a little hungover, so maybe we'll push that to April fifth. Okay. Um, uh, both of our teams won today, so we are happy campers. That's right. Still maybe we'll meet. Maybe we'll meet up in the national championship game. How crazy would that be? It'd be amazing. I would love it. Crazier things have happened. Okay, same. Mm -hmm. Game on. I said that a thousand times last time. Anyway, that's going to do it for us today. He is Nick Short. I'm Kayla Canaram. This is It's Always Game Day in Kansas City. Don't forget to submit your questions, comments to gamedaykc at gmail.com. Have a great weekend, everybody, and we will talk to you all next week.